Howdy, I'm Barnaby G. Wilkins, and I own this here mining shaft over a guy's... What's that? I've used up my goofy character voices for the month? They... They monitor that? Who's they? Well, how am I going to introduce the episode? Just point blank say it's a Frontierland version of Tower Terror that shoots up instead of down? Actually, that kind of works. Well, okay. It's a Frontierland version of Tower Terror that shoots up instead of down. This is Guys of Mountain on I'm Bill, you hear? Welcome, dreamers of all ages, to another episode of Unbuilt, an unrealized theme park podcast. With me today, as always, is my co-host, Ryan Dorman. How are we doing today? You know, we got all of the theme park fanboy hatred out of our systems last week, so I'm excited mm. to start exploring <laughs> start exploring <laughs> some, some a bit less contentious Unbuilt yes. topics. We don't have to talk about... Well, I mean, still we could talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but we don't... <laughs> We don't, it, it won't be like as much this time because we're not talking about unbuilt land. We're talking about an attraction, thankfully. Mm. So we don't have to do that comparison things. And uh, hopefully we won't talk about the uh, book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I'm sorry. I'm I'm behind on all these things. Uh, I feel, you know, one day there's going to be a, a generation of, of Disney fans, adults, who when they close Galaxy's Edge to make way for the... For the brand new expansion the, for a franchise we don't even know disney's bought yet <laughs> it'll it'll probably just be marvel but when they do that <laughs> they're gonna be creating their own podcast talking about how much better it would have been if we had galaxy's edge true that's that is that's, that's very true <laughs> well you missed a great episode of the mandalorian i, I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I did see that video i saw a bunch of people freaking out on twitter i was like oh my goodness and then i i looked at the twit tweet i got a little uh little gif of the mandalorian i said okay i've seen the episode yeah and i, and I moved on with my life <laughs> it's so funny how people can't they can't just be happy they have to be happy but with an edge it's like i am both elated and upset because we what is that what do you well, I mean, like, oh, yeah, sure, it's a new episode of The Mandalorian, basically, and it's great, but, you know, we have to talk about how, you know, Boba Fett wasn't in its own, uh, wasn't in the episode, and that means Boba Fett is a failure. Was he not in the episode? He was not in the episode. The show's called The Book of Boba Fett, and it, he wasn't in the episode? That is correct, yes. That sounds a little weird, right? Oh, I don't know. See, now I'm leaning in. I gotta become part of the fan base menace, mm -hmm. or whatever they call them. I'm becoming a horrible Star Wars dude, bro, on the internet. Yeah. <laughs> I want to become a, a, a Discovery Bay fan on the internet. I want to I wanna be an annoying Disney Parks fan. In the alternate Just, universe, people were complaining last week all about how uh, our, our uh, Discovery Bay episode didn't go into enough detail about the, the old theme park. That's true. That's true. We didn't talk about the subway enough. The subway that went underneath the park and went connected to Discovery Bay. 
Could you imagine that? Was, that? It'd take a subway at Disneyland. As if Anaheim wasn't clustered enough. Right? You just <laughs> add the entire subway system. But so we're talking today about Geyser Mountain, which is much more frontier based than Discovery Bay. But weirdly enough, we're also talking about Discovery Bay, uh, mm. which is interesting. Uh, Christopher Merritt actually tweeted at us and wondering, it's like, hey, you know, we uh, tried doing Discovery Bay in the mid 90s. I'm like, funny you should mention that. That's actually to, uh, part of what we're talking about next week <laughs> and so uh that was that was a very neat thank you thank you i don't even know if uh christopher's even listening to our podcast that'd be very cool if he was a regular listener but uh, uh thank you so much chris uh for uh alerting to this and uh giving us all that uh concept art that was very very cool i hadn't seen some of that before did you see any of that i did yeah on twitter mm-hmm. yeah it is it's uh, fascinating, like to see uh, them ch- constantly trying to push this forward yet again. And if you notice, like Tony Baxter is a part of all four episodes that we're doing this week, and you could tell like, he's very much part of this, which makes it doubly ironic that uh, what he finally wants to get accomplished is after he <laughs> retires from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> finally, see. making use as much use as of the property as possible, but you're, you're, you are, you are uh, baiting some responses to that one there. <laughs> okay. So are we ready to get into geyser Melton? Yes, absolutely. All right, let's go. Here we are for our main topic. I think we've talked long enough about everything beforehand in the pre-show. There we go. So uh, let's get into what Geyser Mountain is. In 1995, Disney's California Adventure was greenlit. Six long years before it opened, Disney management thought the new park would be an instant smash hit despite the small budget that only got smaller. To counteract this, Walt Disney Imagineering reconsidered a project, Discovery Bay. Reusing the north half of Tom Sawyer's Island, it would bifurcate as to not cause issues with the currently operating Fantasmic that you know, took up the south end of it. Many ideas from the original project would be kept, but manicured and pulled in. The Nautilus restaurant would be preserved, as would this Hyperion airship hangar. However, it would not house an attraction this time. The Spark Gap coaster would be added as the island's portions ride. So you wouldn't have the actual island at the top of the world ride, just uh, the Hyperion airship there, possibly being a restaurant just like at Disneyland Paris. The main- right, it would be more of a, a visual. Sorry, not to cut you off, but it seems yeah. like it would be more of like something just to attract people into exactly. the area, just because of how big the, mm-hmm. the thing was. And that's kind of seems like what we discussed a little bit with Discovery Bay is that the the visual of the Hyperion might have even dwarfed the attraction itself. So that is that is like they really true. want to hold on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main e-ticket of this new Discovery Bay would be a concept utilizing the Tower of Terror ride system from Disney MGM Studios geyser mountain so as you can see from that concept art we have in the show notes here and i'll definitely put it on twitter you can see that gigantic tall structure 
it's sort of this uh, wooden uh, shaft that looks mm-hmm. like uh, it almost looks like what became the uh, Tokyo Tower Terror, if you're uh, familiar with it. Right. Yeah, it's a bit more. <laughs> it's almost a bit sharper than, well, obviously, a bit sharper than our Tower of Terror. Right. Um, it's a bit now, simpler too. What you're actually seeing right here are concepts for the Disneyland Paris version. The hmm. Disney uh, Land version, the regular in Anaheim, actually would have been a little bit shorter because uh, they didn't have the uh, space for a massive show building, so it would have to be underground. So uh, it was actually a little shorter. This is about rising 130 feet into the sky. Hmm. The Disneyland version was 70 feet in the sky. Imagineers Bob Baranek and Pat Burke worked on Geyser Mountain, bringing the same technology from Tower of Terror and framing it into a Frontierland layout. The idea was that the attraction would replace Cascade Peak, an agent display from the mine train through nature's wonderland days. Similar to Tower of Terror, the Endeavor would be half dark ride, half thrill ride. The actual mountain of Geyser Mountain would be fairly short by usual standards, being a bubbling rock formation with hot springs and geysers shooting near the banks of the stream that surrounds it. On top of the formation is a 70-foot-tall towering wooden structure with two shafts alongside a barn-like extension and a pelton wheel in front careening water down into the stream. It's a drilling shaft for mining deep below the surface by an old inventor who has long since disappeared. Listeners of last week's podcast might recall Jason Chandler, an inventor whose drilling machine saved lies a big thunder before it was presumed lost forever, only to take his newfound gold and build Discovery Bay. It's unknown whether or not he is actually the same inventor from the Discovery Mountain and Geyser Mountain narrative, but it could be easily likely. For now, we'll just refer to him as, quote-unquote, the inventor. From the left side, amidst the geothermal stream, we enter the side barn. We weave throughout the inventor's house, seeing all the minerals and crystals he's collected during his deep earth explorations. In his study, we see a worn map showing the path he's taken before, including a bridge over the powerful geyser that's needing repairs. Climbing down the stairs, we come into a steampunk facility room with multiple shaft entries. Guests take their numbered spot, and one of the inventor's drilling machines slides into the shaft. We board, and unlike Tower of Terror, we descend. A remote operator contacts us via ancient-looking radio affixed to the cab, letting us know our elevation levels. First, our doors open to explore the old mining operations. One shaft flooded, and another shaft filled with glowing crystals and gold. We'll have to go back there for inspections later, the operator smirks. We then reach the Rainbow Caverns, fresh from mine train through nature's wonderland. The operator has received clearance to explore the cavern. Our cab lurches out into the shaft and begins to roam forward. We are entranced by gorgeous black-lit light stalactites, waterfalls, and hot springs filled with vibrant colors. However, it's getting awfully hot in the caverns. Luckily, the exit is ahead. Or is it? A landslide is blocking the exit shaft. And the only way back out as we turn is over that same rickety bridge as we were shown in the study to be um less than reliable. The cab shakes and shudders as it navigates the bridge. We might not make it. Suddenly, the shaking becomes worse and worse. Uh-oh. Our cab is stuck as lights malfunction. 
the bridge sags. We may be meeting our maker. The operator notates that sudden geothermal activity is rising. We skyrocket up out of the mountain and into the shaft tower, catching a glimpse of Disneyland below. Then we plummet and start bobbing up and down with the geyser straight. One final gush plants us up in the sky almost cartoonishly, stopping for a moment for a photo opportunity, of course, and then screaming back down where the operators then be able to regain control as we land in the originally planned exit shaft. Phew! That was a close one, folks. Thank goodness for that geyser. Our cab slinks back downward into the exit as we hop out of the mineshaft and into a trading goods store where you'd likely buy a I Survived Geyser Mountain t-shirt. <laughs> Why was it not built? Plans for Discovery Bay's Redux and Geyser Mountain were pushed as Disney's California Adventure claimed president, and the 1998 New Tomorrowland was failing fast. There was only the budget to demolish Cascade Peak accomplished around that time. Park President Paul Pressler was not interested in spending any money until DCA was a proven success. Disney's California Adventure opened up on February 8, 2001 and was an immediate flop. A decision was made early on to fast track a cheaper version of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror into the park. And Geyser Mountain was immediately shelved and subsequently canceled for Disneyland. The project then a, saw a glimmer of hope at two other locations, Magic Kingdom and Disneyland Paris. Pat Burke, one of the original Geyser Mountain designers, was asked to lead the reins on the Disneyland Paris version. This one was much taller with a steel riveted frame evoking that of the Eiffel Tower. The storyline would be infused with the Thunder Mesa storyline and the Raven's Woods from Phantom Manor next door. There were already geysers in a nearby show scene front for the riverboat, so it would have been a perfect fit. Sadly, both variations were scrapped after the September 11th tax brought WDI to a spending to enormous low, and the attraction never saw the light of day again. We have to ask at this time, what if, what if Geyser Mountain was built? Would it have come alongside Discovery Bay or all on its own? Would we have seen it pop up elsewhere? Would this be a new franchise for the parks or, again, demolished for Star Wars? What do you think? Obviously, as you noted, this and Paris are like peanut butter and jelly. It's perfect. It goes right into the Thunder Mesa storyline. Mm-hmm. It would be a, a really good fit. So in that case... You know, if Geyser Mountain was built, I would almost say for certain it probably would have started in Paris. Okay. Um, in the United States, especially, are we so are we talking about like before the plan for DCA uh, was completely solidified? Like, what if it was built before DCA opened? No. Uh, so DCA was always going to be opened. Um, right, but, but the Tower of Terror wasn't necessarily going to be cheap cor- copied into correct, DCA. Correct, exactly. So they were thinking, okay, DCA is an enormous success. It's like people are trying to get in, but capacity, people at the gates are like, no, 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 it's not open. So we need something at Disneyland for people to go to the Disneyland for. Uh, and, right. Which is, you know, of course, incredibly ironic because we saw with Galaxy's Edge mirrored decades later they tried to put stuff like avengers campus and dca because of they thought that the exact same thing would happen with galaxy's edge but it didn't due to other reasons well it's also really boring right Uh, uh, (laughs) in terms of geyser mountain as one of the mountains right Mm -hmm. in disneyland i think it would have been 
incredibly successful. Okay. It's a really interesting ride in that I think the Tower of Terror, as much as it's given significant props for being an incredibly well-themed attraction with a narrative, mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily, in my opinion, hit the narrative beats as strongly when you actually get on the attraction. Yeah. It's a really successful cue, but when you're on the ride, I think pretty much just front-loaded thrills and stuff like that. Um, mm, that's Okay, so it's an interesting thing of what you're talking about so let's let's really quickly dissect tower terror here Mm -hmm. so you go in you go into the library and you see a video that says you're pretty much in an episode of the twilight zone although people have nitpicked this and it's like well that doesn't make much sense because the twilight zone was always built on these you know predicated twists that take the situation and flip it on its head but the imagineers were kind of thinking a lot more esoteric about it so Mm -hmm. if you notice the fifth dimension scene what i i what it was told to me which is interesting is that the elevator shaft is literally being flipped on its head where you're suddenly the shaft goes sideways have you ever right. noticed this yeah the idea is that the sh- the shaft is actually twisting sideways so that's um, when you move forward in it oh that's, that's interesting i don't necessarily know how well that's conveyed on the ride exactly it seems like you're just moving because, forward because well that's the thing you're moving forward but what is actually supposed to be happening is the shaft is tilting to the right so you take the shaft right. and you flip it on its head to the right and that's why you're moving forward through it so if you notice really uh, really closely, everything is at a sideways bend. And that's why you're moving like that. And mm. then you enter the fifth dimension and drop. But you're right that right. narratively it sort of crumbles apart a little bit. Whereas yeah, this you is... Do the moments, you do the moments with the ghosts and the moments with the fifth dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it, it, once you get on the ride, the pretenses about being in a hotel are still there, but it's mostly just set up for... The right. theme park. This is a rather continuous. One thing that's interesting about things that we've talked about on this show, the entirety, is that a lot of the scrapped rides are these highly narrative, highly cinematic rides mm-hmm. that would have started an uh, an individual. You start in a story and you go through, and everything there is a story, right? Right. I mean, a lot of attractions do that, but it seems like what actually gets released is something with like a thin story and a more focused. Um, theme park excitement element. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Galaxy's Edge not included, to be clear. <laughs> well, R- R- Rise of the Resistance is like one of the few big e-ticket dark ride attractions to have done this. But I think Geyser Mountain as an attraction, as a next step for the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, would have been a really fascinating change on the drop tower because it would keep the same kind of mechanics. Um, mm-hmm. But it would give, I think, audiences something a bit tighter to bite into than just what was in the other one it's sort of like the uh radiator springs racers from test track even though test track Mm. has a dark ride portion it's not story based i mean both versions aren't really story based what both versions are you're just going through a testing facility once practical once digital right but the radiator springs racers is a little bit more of a storyline you're going through radiator springs and you're exploring the town and such and this is sort of the same thing where there is a significant dark ride portion of this attraction now whether or not you know you could say well there's just a bunch of pretty things to look at which is kind of similar to like journey into the center of the earth in tokyo 
mm-hmm. which a lot of people are you familiar with it uh I yes know yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay I, you are and it is interesting that some, some people think it's like the greatest ride ever some people really don't because mm-hmm. it is sort of the same it's just like a bunch of pretty scenes and then a thrill portion and which i don't i don't think is the worst thing dinosaur mm-hmm. starts like that right technically dinosaur starts like that just like simple driving and then you introduce your thrill and then you have your ride mm-hmm. uh, that's not the worst thing i get to me it's just more valuable to take one of a ride system like the twilight zone tower of terror and extend it narratively to its limit because it is a simple system it's a some version on the basic carnival drop tower right um or theme park drop tower so you know had the had the attraction been built i don't think it necessarily needed to have been done with discovery bay Right. Okay. Obviously, that's absolutely correct. Yes. Right. Obviously, Discovery Bay would have been great, (laughs) (laughs) but I I could definitely see a universe in which Geyser Mountain was built without Discovery Bay. What's confusing to me is that seventy feet tall. I don't know. You know proportions better than I do. How tall would that be in terms of? the maximum heights of things in disneyland great question uh so maximum height uh matterhorn is about i want to say matterhorn is 180 okay so Mm -hmm. it's it's not really that it's not too it's not that big it's 100 feet less than matterhorn correct Mm -hmm. yeah so it, it wouldn't be too visually intrusive I, I like the way that I like the way that a lot of these ideas in Frontierland have tried to like really lean on the fantastical elements of the American frontier. There's mm-hmm. one thing that I think a lot of designers, uh, specifically in the beginning of the park, leaned on was like the actual American frontier. Some idea about like what America must have been like in the West and animals and and yeah. things like that. It's a bit more fascinating to see them lean into. Of course, there were miners, but like, what if the mining, the steampunk slightly technology mm-hmm. um, was a bit more interesting and could be used as a more fantastical foundation for a storyline? What is the funny thing about Geyser Mountain is also the fact that it's supposed to be a throwback. So we have mm-hmm. Big Thunder Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain is the throw ride replacement for mine train through nature's wonderland. So we know this, but at the same time, Geyser Mountain is supposed to have these rainbow cavern scenes and these very fairly simplistic scenes where you're going through caverns and there's a lot of geothermal activity going on. Now, of course, I, I think the Imagineers could make that interesting right. for certain, whether or not it would need the sort of sci-fi fantasy twist that, again, journey through the center of the earth had remains to be seen but at the same time you wonder if this is a little possibly too simple for this kind of attraction there are no more added thrills sort of going on as much you could say the thrill is at the end where you shoot up it's it's not the one thing i will say is that it's definitely seems like it would be much much more thin in its thrills and excitement it would be much closer to adventure or uh through nature's wonderland or excuse me uh it, w- it would definitely be much <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna, gonna get arrested for that one the mind train through nature's wonderland yeah <laughs> my disney card has just been revoked mm. uh it, it would definitely be more similar to that in the way that it really doesn't engage with its set pieces in a in a, con- a conflict-oriented way that a lot of disney attractions will do it was definitely more immersion right but big thunder mountain does begin with the bats are enough of a little scare, but it yeah. does begin with a micro 
mind train through nature's wonderland. True, uh, no, true, true, at, true, true, true. It's, it wouldn't be completely out of left field to do the lighter exploration that turns mm-hmm. into a central narrative conflict for yeah. the ride. I, I think that would be a fascinating thing to explore, especially because of the way that the, the ride would end. You know, the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror does have its little moment of buildup, but to have an entire Dark Rise worth of buildup into the the release uh, with the, I guess, the vertical, the vertical jump more than anything would be an interesting, number one, subversion. But number two, I think it would scare the hell out of little kids, which well, is exactly what you want to do. Well, right? I mean, that's the thing. This will for sure have the same high restriction. You go up there, you see people shooting up in the shift and stuff like that there's enough of visual cue that warns little kids hey maybe you should sit this one out yeah well but but they wouldn't of course they wouldn't that's the fun yeah <laughs> you would drag them on and they'd be like that's no, right I, don't go. Yeah, I, would, I would personally drag them on and i'd, I'd watch, them, <laughs> watch them cry i mean i'm an evil person how many um, times have you seen a child getting dragged on a ride and screaming? Uh, I was it, to me. It happened to me many times. Mm, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I turned out fine. Now I just yeah. yeah not. That was me on the haunted mansion. No, no, it's for real. That's how I got on the haunted mansion for the first time. I think that's how I got on Tower of Terror for the first time. I think I don't remember. I don't remember. I I, I know a bunch of times, but it, you see it happen once in a while. Um, scary because the worst thing is when you get like in the ride and you're in like your six seater Disneyland Space Mountain and you can hear like a a, a, a father Please. trying to like <laughs> the crying kid who's just like bawling and the dad's like it'll be fine like don't worry about it you wanted to go on and at that point it's too late like they can't do anything about it like well, the I rest of the day is up the, to pure luck i think the most the uh, what's more sad to me is the reverse have you ever been on an attraction with a little kid the little kid's excited and then when you get back to the exit unload they're like in tears oh my i have been i have been on the ride i can't tell you what i think I think it was Expedition Everest and it was a dad and his two daughters and one daughter was like bawling in the beginning and the other one was sitting in like the row behind them by herself and um, she was like the brave kid I guess Mm -hmm. of the two at the end of the ride the bawling girl just is completely fine she's like I want to go on again and the kid in back is like unconsolable mess it is like the worst when they have like that positivity and it slips into the end Mm -hmm. like I regret this it was horrible uh, there is an attraction at SeaWorld Orlando called Wild Arctic, and it is pretty much a Star Tours simulator, but it is the worst Star Tours cabin simulator that has ever existed. Uh, it's been, it's like 50, feels like it's 50 years out of date, and pretty much all it does is shake you. And when I got off of it in 2016, there was a little girl who was like so inconsolable she was in the fetal position outside the cabin just like going i don't want to do anything again today i am done that was the most terrifying thing i've ever done it's like what do you do like what can you do about that yeah you know it's it's at that point it's horrible and it's it's horrible to, to to see kids go through that it's just like i'm viewing somebody's therapy that's uh, right like the, the origin of their therapy like that's years, the, in 16 years that kid will be sitting 
in the fetal position in a therapy's office. And it's like, and then I didn't want to go to SeaWorld. So it was a horrible experience. Um, <laughs> so anyways, back to Geyser Mountain. Yeah. That, in regards to Geyser Mountain, I think that I, I do think that in a way, speaking of the, the kids thing is that it would be a more approachable Tower of Terror just because it isn't called terror. Right. And presumably mm-hmm. they wouldn't be pumping screams out. I don't think so. Mm. Um, Possibly. Maybe they would, but yeah, it, it just, you know, they, they maybe would. But I, I think, I, I don't know. This is the kind of ideas that I, I like to hear about when we talk about unbuilt rides are these, 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 these systems that we know about that have been mm-hmm. in use for years. And then they take it and they take it one step further. So it's not only the Tower of Terror, it's the Tower of Terror plus a dark ride, right? It's, uh, it, it's a little bit more than what they were using before. Mm-hmm. And it probably would have been significantly cheaper than anything besides taking the Tower of Terror and making it smaller. Right. Um, which is what they did anyways. So, <laughs> oops. Well, I mean, it's it's uh, actually not making it smaller. It's actually taking the system and putting it underground. No, because... no I mean, sorry, the one that's the one in uh, DCA. Is no, I the mean. DCA one. Yeah, yeah, okay. right. Because this mm-hmm. is besides doing that, but what they did in DCA, this would have been a really interesting and probably cost-effective way to take a proven ride system and implement it in a new way. Mm-hmm. I always think it's fascinating that when you have an attraction that's really, really, really successful, sometimes people's first choice is like intellectually is let's just take the attraction and clone it. But I, I don't think that works because part of going on a ride is the surprise, right? Something that you've never seen before. So let's say I, you know, I'm living in, in Florida and I hear that Disneyland just got the Indiana Jones ride. You know, obviously I want to go see Indiana Jones, but at the same time, Having dinosaur, whatever you think about the comparison between the two, uh, in Walt Disney World is an interesting way of keeping the ride system the same, keeping costs low, but also developing a unique experience that will that is so much more than just taking the same thing and repeating it. And I, th- I think Geyser Mountain is just another good instance of of using your design intuitions to make something new while also repurposing something successful. True. And a lot of people have argued about this, the you know, argue against cloning attractions as mm. because well, not that many people overlap between those. But if you do hear, there's this really great ride called Tower of Terror over on the Florida on the East Coast. You mm-hmm. do almost want to say, well, I want Tower of Terror on the West Coast. That's, right. that's more of the uh, general public reaction to it. They just want that attraction because they hear that attraction is so great, which is the reason why we have a Space Mountain here and a Space Mountain there. Yeah, I mean, people, of course, want they they want this the same experience. They want the same experience, but sometimes I wonder if... I, I don't know. You don't see people complaining about Indiana Jones not being in Florida. I mean, you do, right? You do. You're see a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, but that's like that's on Disney Twitter. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Most people that I know who visit Florida frequently, I don't even think they they care particularly very much that there's a Disneyland. There's a there's a th- um excuse me. There's a Indiana Jones there and a dinosaur here, or a test mm-hmm. track here and a Radiator Springs Racers there. Right. right. Seemingly Disneyland gets all the good ones. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe <laughs> maybe there's some truth in that but but i do think that exploring the idea a little further with geyser mountain especially taking the proven tower of terror design and uh, uh doing something a bit more interesting would have been a really fascinating way to expand frontierland 
and give California its own free fall drop tower kind of attraction. Mm-hmm. I do really what I really, really like about it for for one is the fact that uh, you descend. It, it's an inversion on the idea. You descend. Right. You don't go up. You descend and you shoot up and you bob up and down and then go down. Personally, I really like now. I don't know if you know the difference between these things, but at um, they had uh, the company uh, SNS Worldwide. They make two different types of drop towers. They make one that's called a space shot, and they want to make one called pretty much a drop tower. Well, a and space shot that shoots you upwards, shoots right? you up, and the drop tower drops you down. Right. I prefer the space shot rather than so the drop the, tower. The space shot when it shoots you up, does it give right. you like a free fall back down, or does well, it yes, just it like does give you a free fall back down. Okay. Uh, it does, but it's the 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 thrill is the shooting up rather than the free fall. Whereas the drop tower, it's slowly lifts you up and then drop. Yeah, and it gives you a couple of controlled drops. Well, not controlled drops. Excuse me. Like it'll it'll drop and then mm-hmm. it'll, it'll it'll catch you. Now, uh, what's interesting what about uh, the Mission Breakout, which they replaced Tower oh, Terror with in California Adventure, your favorite ride? Uh, that actually. Uh, that actually does the inversion on it. It is a space shot rather than right. a drop tower. It shoots you up rather than shoots you down in mm-hmm. concept. But again, it's, it's still doing the thing where they pull against gravity and they yank you down. They're still doing that, but they are also uh, taking the me- mechanism to shoot you up and increasing the speed on it. So in Tower Terror, the original, you would... It would go up, but the sensation of lifting up wouldn't be skyrocketing up. It would be just gradually lifting up. Right. And personally, that's almost why I kind of like Mission Breakout, because it does that a little bit better. It does that sort of hang time, airtime sensation that comes with a space shot rather than a drop tower. So I'm saying that I enjoy that sensation more. I don't know about you. Well, this will be more of what you like then, uh, just because... Yeah, right. Because Geyser Point is nothing if not a, a an interest a space shot. Yeah, I, I think that it. I'd also would have given a really interesting dynamic to Disneyland, which still doesn't really have an attraction like this. You know, right. we, we obviously DCA was built and kind of in later years positioned towards being a bit more of a thriller park than D- Disneyland. That's mm-hmm. not completely the case, right? But the roller coasters in Disneyland, uh, for the most part, are just traditional standard roller coasters like space mountain and, and matterhorn then you have california screaming across the street and you have mission breakout right right um and i guess you have test track for all <laughs> <laughs> so yeah giving this this attraction would be kind of right on that little gray area right before things become completely thrill rides because it's still a dark ride right and it's still a story-based attraction still, it would yeah, still, find still, still still that still all right. of that um but it would also be a, a thrilling story-based attraction so mm-hmm. yeah i i don't i the only the only thing i hesitate right is if uh if it would be too big but i don't think so of course if it's only 70 feet tall uh i don't know how tall splash mountain is actually so splash mountain, that's a great question i believe splash mountain you're talking about the actual mountain itself right right yeah right okay because the drop is about 52 feet well right because if it that's 52 feet add another 20 feet on it right and you have mm-hmm. geyser mountain right. including the underground stuff so it's it mm-hmm. really wouldn't be that intrusive right it um, wouldn't now the question goes would they have to demolish it for star wars 
Um, yeah. Yeah? <laughs> I slightly disagree. Here's, well, the you only, know what I'm going to say? Have, yeah, what? That they would have rethemed it? Yes. They couldn't even build the stupid petting zoo. I don't think they would have rethemed this. <laughs> I, I, the only problem is, is in my mind, sadly, is that every time this Star Wars question comes up, I think my answer is going to be yes, because no matter what ideas, unless people really give a damn about Wizard of Oz, <laughs> no matter what ideas come up, Star Wars is just a more popular thing. And at this point, Disney's prerogative is to get popular properties into the parks because you don't need to sell it, right? For Geyser Mountain, if a kid's coming up to Geyser Mountain, they say, what's Geyser Mountain? And there's a big poster and it says, it's a thrilling space shot ride or something like that. And the kid will be like, okay, I'm excited for that. But Star Wars, you don't even they don't even need to be there to convince them. They booked mm-hmm. the trip already. Right. There's a Star Wars place. People don't even know what's at Star Wars land right now. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they, they they hear that there's a new Star Wars land, and they've already booked before they even know if there's a ride or not. Yeah. Star Wars there isn't, <laughs> basically, but that's right, yeah. <laughs> there is a ride, one that doesn't work, and another one that's <laughs> decently fun. <laughs> that's up to you to pick which one it is. <laughs> but I, I do think that, I mean, I don't know. Let's let's hear it. Let's armchair Imagineer this, Ryan. How do we turn Geyser Mountain into a Star Wars Batu attraction? Batu attraction. <laughs> Great. Thank you for asking. Here's oh, how boy. you do it. And <laughs> I didn't know you had an idea already. All right, go ahead. This is how you do it. So, you know, on a uh, Rise of the Resistance where you have the uh, the the escape pod that drops. Right. Oh. So pretty much it's exactly this. You go in and it's disguised as one of those giant spires, but it's fully enclosed. And you're doing the exact same thing, but instead where you're like, you're on the Star Destroyer and then you get into the elevator and you rise up and then you just go into the skate pod and then you just drop down to Ba too. Does and Rise of the Resistance, is that, is that a thing in this universe or is this a replacement? I guess this would be a replacement. Yeah, because be I couldn't see both, ultimate, right? The ultimate weird replacement. Like, he would have a show building on the ground, and then he would take an elevator and then drop down. Yeah, it would have to be something like a like a spark notes, right? It would be... Mm-hmm. I could see it being like um, like they're shooting satellites into space. Or I don't know. I don't care enough about Star Wars. <laughs> I don't know Star Wars anymore. I used to know Star Wars, and now they're driving fruity motorcycles <laughs> i told you it's like at the very start of the episode we won't get into star wars that much and it's like we can't help ourselves we can't help it's, ourselves. it's a drop tower about mining like what do you <laughs> what do you what, the other one is star wars mm-hmm. gotta get the clicks um <laughs> I think that no, I I think I think yeah. I, there's definitely pathways to retheme this thing into Star Wars. Need they need they need the land? I I think that I don't know. The only problem I can only uh, I can think of is how else would they theme it so that you can see it from Batu and it wouldn't be a problem. Not that that stopped them before. You can mm-hmm. see Slinky Dog from Florida, um, but in Disneyland they did a much better job. And I, I'd be a little curious as to how right. they would go about doing that. It's, it, um, is, it is fascinating because, like, you can't – it's it's one of those big attractions. Like, okay, Splash Mountain. Mm. Now, they're retheming it. Would you ever, 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 ever imagine them, instead of retheming it, they're like, no, we're, re- we're done 
with Splash Mountain the ride, we're just going to mm-hmm. bulldoze the entire thing. You wouldn't, because I think that right. the ride itself is extremely popular. So they're they're making a, a compromise where they're going well, to retheme it into right. Princess and the Frog, and that's depends on how really... popular Geyser Mountain would be, right? Like if Geyser Mountain was really popular, then right. it probably wouldn't be rethemed as Star Wars. Well, maybe it would be rethemed as Star Wars. If it wasn't popular, it would be decimated. Yeah. It would be demolished. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like Horizons. <laughs> Yes, Geyser Mountain and Horizons, exactly the same. One has multiple animatronics and is an elaborate dark ride, and the other is a thrill ride. They were going to retheme Geyser Mountain. You get on a big Q-tip, and it leans you forward into a giant theater, and you see the history of mining. <laughs> it's on a giant screen. And Whatever. It's <laughs> by Ellen DeGeneres. That's you right. Mind the science guy. That that one. Yeah. That you know. That's uh. Th- that's how. You know we've been doing this show for so long is that the references I'm making are back to other things we talked about on the show. <laughs> that, that giant lean forward ride. The really oh, that's right. The, Whatever that's the uh, journey. What is it? Uh, journeys <laughs> into space. That that of which you uh, believe will become your world, or something like that. Oh, that's right. That's that, right. Yeah, yes. that's right. This is a um, bunch of pretentious jargon. Oh, that would have been amazing. Probably narrated by Neil deGrasse Tyson. Nowadays, probably. Oh yeah, Geyser Mountain. As a thrill ride at that point in Disneyland, had it been built, I think might have been significant proof that Paul Pressler's ways were probably flawed. Really? Newsflash. No, Newsflash. So? <laughs> well, so? because, because if you put money into Paul Pressler's and the entirety of like Disneyland management, and then of course all the way right up to like Michael Eisner's cheapness, was almost predicated on this self-fulfilling prophecy that they put out cheap things and they got cheap results and people don't like cheap stuff so we don't want to spend more money because we didn't make money so we put cheap stuff out and no one goes to it it was this horrible self-fulfilling prophecy and what it needed was one ride to break through the the, the mold and it needed something to be like okay well if you spend a little bit more money you take these artistic risks you're going to get a better park you're going to get more people i mean obviously you know you can't foresee 9-11 that's a different variable there right Mm-hmm. But it is worth noting, and this is like a major diatribe, right? That like what was working for Disney at the time, the classic movies, which were a lot of effort and a lot of work, the Pixar movies, which were a mm-hmm. lot of effort and a lot of work, and older Disney attractions that kept the Disney brand name going. Right? Okay. It was like it was like maybe new attractions were literal garbage, but we still have pirates, but we still have haunted mansion, we still have these older rides that were falling into disrepair, right? Yeah, um, in Disneyland. But the the name Disney had a name because of these older things, right? I think that I mean you could do like a whole discussion on this. You know, why didn't Paris succeed? Paris didn't succeed because. People from France didn't give a damn about corporatized art. There was but, there was so much going into France though that was an well, issue. Right. Well, the 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 thing is, is that perhaps that they they learned the wrong thing. I th- I think from Paris, they 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 I think they took the idea that these Imagineers are just going to blow all the money and whatever. Um, well, they 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 were too overconfident. Where they built five hotels, they built five and hotels. That was stupid. Immediately but... <laughs> in the debt. 
Yeah, because- right. But the wrong response, of course, was to just put your money into nothing and mm-hmm. to cheap yeah, building yeah, right. carnival exactly. rides. I think had Geyser Point been built, it would have at least been an interesting like middle ground. It's an interesting middle ground position. It's the same ride, but it's different, right? Mm-hmm. With a little bit more effort. Just give us a little bit more money. And then they say, okay. And I think I think people would have been a lot more interested in going to Disneyland um, if they heard that there was a brand new immersive drop tower attraction instead of a theme park where you learn about produce <laughs> and a big true. tractor it's true no you're, you're right it it would have ironically i think it would have worsened dca even more oh you're, well yeah right well because that's the problem though once you commit to a dca or a walt disney studios in paris you have to commit like yeah. you can't build something better because it's, you've it's lost. so amazing like even thinking about okay this gets built California Adventure is a massive success. So let me get this straight. You build an elaborate attraction, right? You know, on the opposite park, but right. California Adventure still gets saddled with crap. Right. No, that's that's true. And that had to have been like on the minds of people, anyways. Is like they didn't just build Disneyland, but I can go to Disneyland across the street. Why do I need to get a ticket to DCA when you know Pirates of the Caribbean's right there? Right. It's better than anything that you have in your dca park except for maybe the roller coaster mm-hmm. which is still the case but you know it's not yeah well i don't know oh, about that oh, oh come uh, on uh we, there's no we reason have, to buy a ticket to dca uh, we have radiator springs racers which oh my goodness that. gracious that ride is like in shambles right the, the technical shambles i i look it's at the wdw news today fun. report yeah. I like, <laughs> it's still a lot of fun and you have soren which uh sometimes has california the california version I really you get like the bad Soren. Okay. You get bad Soren. You get boring Tower Terror. You get cars. That's true. Oh. <laughs> I'll give you cars. I'll give you cars. I'm, I'm there with you okay. on cars. Thank you. You Thank don't you. have Geyser Mountain. There's you know Geyser Mountain. They need to put Geyser Mountain. You know where they should really put it? They should put it in uh, DCA. Okay. Now it's, I'm serious. So I'm serious. Two, you have two of them? Wait. So no, you no, have not yet. Now, now, now. Like now. Like they should do it now. Oh, wait. We didn't get to the should you build yet. Oh, I'll say it. They should build it now. I think it that, now, but in DCA, and they yeah. could still have Mission Breakout, but they'll have almost. That's right. Oh, I didn't think of that. Very, yeah, that's true. Very similar attraction. Yeah, no, do it too. Yeah, do that yeah. as well. Because you <laughs> can put it by the by Grizzly Peak. Right. Another unbuilt I thing is that they were going to take uh, Country Bear Jamboree and put it in the Grizzly Peak area. Really? Oh, I think we did talk about this. Yes. Mm-hmm. I I think that that would have been a great idea. I agree. Because yeah, because you would have all that money taking it out, and then no one would want to put it back in. <laughs> that seems like one of those like, oh no, the Nautilus boats are broken. It's like mm-hmm. if you if you take all of the Country Bear stuff out, then it's a good excuse to drive it to the dump, <laughs> or reskin it and make it oogie boogie for the holidays. That's exactly right. That is exactly right. Oogie Boogie, Oogie Boogie, um, it live is uh, uh, Big Al, right? He lives. Up. Yeah, he's it's Big Al. Yeah. Frontierland. Actually, there's an interesting thing, and we're 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 talking about Frontierland, and we're we're very closely nearing our little Frontierland discussions. But mm-hmm. at some point, we should we should really begin to think about how we have all these unbuilt things in Frontierland. And the better question is, is like, what the hell has been done with Frontierland in the past twenty years? Again, like, what like, has been is, built? You know? is- all Tony Baxter wanting to expand the area and where the expansion property was, was Frontierland. That's where it was. Because right now it feels like in both, honestly, Magic Kingdom and Disneyland. It's like, well, here you enter the world of, of tomorrow, fantasy, and yeah, yeah, yeah. yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> yesterday, uh, tomorrow. That should be back. No, but yesterday should be on the tail end nowadays. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's a little bit of frontier land. Oh, but you can go to Dixie. Do we land. really want to go to yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> things, were, things weren't great. <laughs> things weren't great. The fifth, back key. Then. the fifth key is closing frontier <laughs> land. <laughs> Tony Baxter's sitting back with his arms crossed. He said, I told you so. I told you so. Now you're stuck with the Native Americans and stuff like that. You, you can't escape that one. Right. Get rid of the Injun Joe sign all you want. You could have had Discovery Bay. <laughs> uh, uh, is, was anybody mad about Injun Joe going I away? was. I was. As a literary, <laughs> as someone who loves literary classics and Disneyland. <laughs> it's like, just, you know, it's like everybody should, before they go on Tom Sawyer Island, they should be handed the Mark Twain book and they have to look That's and they right. have to go, oh my God, he's, he said the N word, how much? <laughs> There's a little PDF that goes right. to your My Magic Mobile. Genie Plus comes with a PDF of of, of uh, uh, Tom Sawyer. <laughs> you have to you have to get to the final page and sign a little waiver that says you understand that it's just a product of its time, and then you get to go see Engine Joe and there's uh, a giant when you get onto the raft. A giant screen that's in like that Disney Plus screen is like we all know that uh, these stereotypes were not okay. You know, we're not okay that's now. Right. We're not okay back then. But please do. <laughs> and then you I then you that, take off. Yeah, I, I I for one think that Tom Sawyer reference in the theme park is sadly too smart for the average theme park goer, and they should just mm-hmm. get rid of it because that well, would imply they've read a book before. That's, and I, that's part. I of know the people life. on Twitter, and they don't read. <laughs> That's part of the uh, geyser, geyser Mountain thing, you know, is that they were going to build Discovery Bay on Tom Sawyer's Island. It would, it would have been the right. I mean, people go crazy about Tom Sawyer Island. And as much as I, I, I respect it for being something different, it's one of the mm-hmm. few things that have survived the expansions to both Walt Disney World and Disneyland without uh, eliminating like a walkthrough, right? right? Obviously, when Disneyland opened, it was a lot of walkthroughs. And Tom Sawyer Island, I think, is like the only one in mm-hmm. Disneyland right now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think no, it's, uh, the Sleeping Beauty, Tarzan, yeah, t- Sleeping Beauty Sleeping and Tarzan. And Tarzan. So we have that. Is there really, really anything? To be fair, out? it's not Tom Sawyer Island in um in uh it's Tom Sawyer Island at Pirates Lair. It's just doesn't it just say Pirates Lair? No, it's Tom Sawyer's Island. Right, but the big, I don't know. The big... It's Pirates Lair at Tom Sawyer's Island. Oh my god! Right, I'm but totally that's sure. that's that's you know you switch those and you get something much worse. It's like the Mister Incredible thing. Yeah. It's like <laughs> it's if it was if it was Tom Sawyer Island at Pirates Lair, it's like ah, but then it's Pirates Lair at Tom Sawyer Island. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh no, now it's it's Disney. Anyways, I think that yeah, that I, I oh Ryan, oh I'm stealing your your thing for this show. This is my slow usurping of power. Ryan, should we have built Geyser Mountain or not? Mm, great question. <laughs> I think that we should have built it in Disneyland Paris. I think it would have been a perfect I, I fit agree. for that for that park. It would have been uh it would have been something unique for them. Whether or not it should get built in Disneyland, it's it's hard to really say. I think the Discovery Bay idea is interesting, but Taking a raft to a to uh, whether or not they probably build a bridge uh, to a, a themed area, I'm not really sure, and it would have been condensed. But in Disneyland, oh God, yeah. yeah, in Disneyland, I I don't really know because I actually prefer the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge that we got today, and 
prefer that uh, it, it would have existed in a existed in a world where California Adventure, the original, was successful, and I don't really like that idea. So it's it's hard. It's a bit of a quagmire to deal with in that way. But I mm. do like the idea in Disneyland Paris, especially mm. because I think it would have been a lot more intricate as well. What about you? Yeah. So I, I'm 100% with you. On Disneyland Paris. I think that's a no-brainer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it should have been built in Disneyland. In fact, I would like to see it okay. still built today if they could. Okay. I think that Frontierland is in desperate need of some kind of a thrill attraction. No, I think it's an interesting it? take. Critter Country. Critter Critter. Wait, wait, you know, Critter Country. Just move it all the way over there. Move it all the way over the there. The land. There's land. There's a land in between that. Yeah, close enough. <laughs> It doesn't matter. Well, you know, I would say yeah. That's well. That's the weird thing I think about Disneyland's Rivers of America is that like technically it's two lands, but they do feel, at least in my mind, a bit. It's three. Well, right. It's Critter Country, Disneyland Square, and Frontier. Four. There's four lands surrounding that. I, I, I mean, I guess you could also. Uh, no, I guess you couldn't really put it anywhere besides that. But I, I do think that I, I think that had it been built, we would have had a particularly interesting expansion onto Frontierland that gives it a different e-ticket attraction, and it, w- it would have been a really fascinating addition to Disneyland. Without it, Frontierland feels a little more barren, mm-hmm. and as it's kind of getting eaten alive and cannibalized by other parts of the park, mm-hmm. uh, Galaxy's Edge in particular. Yeah. Uh, right. I, although I guess you, I don't know if you can call Big Thunder Ranch like something that yes, yeah, uh, only. Right. Andy Richter was upset about that. Really? Oh yeah, he he uh, like posted this huge thing about how his daughter was really upset that the petting zoo was going away, and Damn. people were pointing out like what's come replacing. And he's like, I I don't care. My daughter loved petting the goats. You know what? There's uh, I, th- I I agree. I I don't agree with Andy Richter because I don't. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not his daughter's father, but <laughs> I I do think uh, there's some loss of innocence there. Yeah, sure. There's something yeah. very innocent about petting animals and something very cynical about a Star Wars theme park, mm-hmm. especially when the only people who actively discuss Star Wars are losers on Twitter. <laughs> and us. And us. Well, I, losers on Twitter. I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by I'm, I'm putting the claim on stuff. I would never. a loser on Twitter. That's right. I would never. I would never insult somebody. Without first insulting myself, <laughs> um, no, I, I think though Geyser Mountain, you know, Geyser Mountain in in Disneyland would have been. I don't know how yeah they would do it now, but I, I do think yes, they should have built Geyser Mountain. It should be built now, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think it's an idea that should not go lost to time. Okay, that's all right. That's very cool. Uh, before we end this. Really quickly, uh, Geyser Mountain does remind me, and we're going to be talking next week about the Wizard of Oz and an unbuilt Oz attraction. And we're also going to be mentioning really quickly uh, the MGM Grand that they built, the Emerald City. And in the back of the MGM Grand was a theme park called MGM Grand Adventures. And in MGM Grand Adventures, there was an attraction that opened in 1995 that operated for a year and a half. This operated for so little that there is no footage of it hmm. besides a brief uh, brief home video of the queue. It is something that various theme park fans have been searching for because it is the first of its kind. It was an intimate built motion simulator slash dark ride called Deep Earth Exploration. And this attraction, you went into these into this very this compact sort of cab and the and it was on a bus bar track and in the front 
was a movie screen, this kind of uh, four by three movie screen. And in the sides were these windows and the windows had sliders and they would go up and down, up and down. And you would go on the track and underneath uh, would be a motion base and the motion base would move as it went along with the graphics. When it got to a scene, it would uh, lower the windows and you would look out and see an actual physical representation of the screen. So you would be on the screen. It would show that you're going deep into the earth and you wind up into a crystalline cavern and the windows would lower and you would see the crystals. And then you would go into a scene where a, a creature would attack you and there would be actual tentacles that are mounted into the ceiling and they would like hop up and down. Like they would go bump up and down. Now, as a Las Vegas resident, uh, I did go to MGM Grand Adventures. I never actually rode this ride. I never got the chance. Mm -hmm. And uh, again, it lasted a year and a half. Barely anybody has any footage of it. Uh, that does remind me a little bit of this attraction because it is a kind of like that same thing. You're going deep into the earth. You're countering sort of this, uh, you know, crystals and caverns and mines and such like that. Uh, so this is sort of my... <laughs> blast to ask if anybody out there has any footage of this attraction please send it to me and send it to at unbuiltpod or the our email unbuiltpod at gmail.com and uh i will give you the gift of something i don't know what <laughs> but i want i want to see this attraction so bad uh and the reason why it's so wanted is because it uh it's 1995 this is a full four years before uh, the Amazing Adventures of Spider-Man, where they're trying to do some of the same things. Mm. But anyways, that that's my little shout out for this episode. I don't know if you have anything to add. <laughs> anything to add to that? Uh, I don't think so. All right. Okay. <laughs> I know you've never heard of what I just talked about. Before. No. Of, of, well, look. There's. There's. I. I stay in my lane. I. I am. I. I am aware that you know about about much more uh, about the the Las Vegas theme park scene. <laughs> And you know what's going to happen is that somebody's going to be listening to this, and they've got like this horrible, grainy film picture. I will take it. I will take it. This will be the big scoop. We'll do an entire episode on the thirty seconds of footage. Yes, I will. I mean, even though it existed, I would still, I would absolutely break format. I would be like, I don't care it existed, but this is a revelation. When did this is you know this is horribly off topic? When did like handheld? digital cameras like video cameras when did those get popular this got popular in the late 80s so oh, okay. but they got really good they got really good in the early 90s i think the fact is that it, it didn't last very long it was like only there mm. for a year and a half and it had a lot of downtime so right. that's why it's rare to see it interesting so, yeah but yeah so i i think that about does it for geyser mountain you think so yeah, absolutely. I, mean, I think we've. It, it's a very simple attraction, right? In its, mm -hmm. in its premise and in its uh, and it, its general foundation. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it was still worth talking about uh, because mm -hmm. you know it, it definitely would have changed what Disneyland looks like. Right. So we're going to be wrapping up our Frontierland expansion series next week. So we go into the merry old land of Oz and follow the yellow brick road. So for now, in the meantime, please follow us on social media on Twitter at Unbuilt Pod. You can reach me at open the mother's mail and ryan dorman at open the dorman feel free to email us at unbuiltpod at gmail.com and rate us on stitcher itunes and anchor or wherever you find this podcast please write a review and tell us how we're doing and if you don't like us thank you for listening to blank check i'm griffin newman see you guys see ya